Welcome to our Buckner Foster Care and Adoption podcast series, where we explore topics and issues related to foster care and adoption. My name is Emma Brzeek, and today I'm here with Tyler West, a Buckner foster parent from Midland, Texas. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Okay, so um, Tyler and his family are active foster parents, and then in addition to that, they're also big advocates for foster care in their community. Today, Tyler is going to share a little bit with us about how his family made the leap into foster care and how they're encouraging others in their community to make the leap too. Tyler, first off, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Sure, yeah, my wife and I um, got married 2008. Um, We're married for a number of years, had our first son in 2012, Carter. Um, Two years later, uh, we had a second son, Gavin, uh, in 2014. Uh, so they're now five and three years old. Um, and about the time Gavin was born, um, we were exposed to foster care um, and ultimately uh, launched into it. Uh, so as we stand today, you know, currently we have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and um, two uh, foster placements currently with us. That's great. Um, so how many children would you estimate that you have fostered so far? We are on um, four and five, the okay. fourth and fifth placements. That's great. So the two that you have now, um, could you tell me a little bit about them? Sure. Yeah, they, um, they're twins, um, twin eight-month-old uh, little girls. Oh, wow. That's fun. So I'm sure, I'm sure you've got a busy house. We, yeah, but, uh, luckily we only have two in diapers right now. That's uh, good. There was, a, there was a short time whenever Gavin was young um, that we had three in diapers. Oh, wow. And, and, and it was absolute chaos. <laughs> uh, so, so things are still chaotic, uh, although um, less, less, less diapers than there was two years ago. <laughs> That's good. So tell me about um, those little girls. Tell me about their little personalities. Yeah, they are, they are by far the sweetest babies we've had. Um, and, and so my wife and I um, take younger foster placements. The oldest one we've ever taken in was just shy of one years old. Um, we took, our first placement was um, six months old. Second placement was a newborn. Third placement was uh, just shy of a year. Um, and so, you know, these two we got when they were three months old and are absolutely the sweetest little babies of all time. That's great. So sweet little personalities. You walk in the room and their face light up like, oh, hey, I didn't know you were coming back. <laughs> so how, how long have they been with your family? Uh, we, we've had them, uh, let's see, five months now. Okay, that's great. So your boys, um, tell me how they're adjusting to having sisters. They, they love it. Um, Carter does exceptionally well, our older one. Um, is all things baby. I think loves getting down with them, um, and, and we call him the world's most interesting man because when he walks <laughs> in the room, like the babies light up too. And he he can entertain them, and and to them, you know, laying there having a five year old entertain them, they they absolutely love him. Gavin's probably a little bit more reserved, although he is sweet as can be, um, kind of has a sweet personality himself. Uh, but I think is. He's more reserved, just generally, uh, and so he is probably not as 
engaged with the babies, but, but still enjoys having them around. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, okay, so um, Tyler, tell me a little bit about how your family decided to take the leap into foster care. Yeah, so, so uh, in, in full honesty, I think my wife Bonnie was, um, was fully on board, ready to do foster care, probably a full year before I was. Uh, we had um, her, her brother and sister-in-law fostered. Um, one placement ended up adopting her um, and then having kids of their own. Um, we had some close friends um, foster uh, and had some heartache through it. Um, and so, you know, it took me the better part of a year to see, you know, one side of the, the story is, is rosy and good. Ended in adoption, they were able to grow their family that way. Uh, another story was just a lot of heartache. They fostered, um, kids ended up getting placed back with mom, ended up in foster care, placed back with mom, um, and just kind of a hard situation. And so, um, you know, I think well, I would have liked to have thought we went into it eyes wide open, um, but it took me, you know, the better part of a year really to get around to the idea that, you know, it, it is hard. Um, it is sacrifice to take in a child that is not yours, um, but but there's a lot of good redeeming things that happen with that. Um, but I think for the better part of a year, I was, I was extremely focused on um, – really, really my own, you know, my own good. Um, and, and I, I distinctly remember there was a time I was driving home that it occurred to me why the reasons I could come up with not to foster all seemed pretty shallow and insignificant. Hmm. Um, and, and during that whole time, just, I mean, uh, you know, God was pressing on me that, you know, do you, do you want, do you want comfort in your life or will you be obedient to step out and do something that I'm calling you to do? Um, and so there was really one distinct moment where it really kind of all collided, all those thoughts collided together. And it, it, um, became inevitable to me that this is something we've, we've got to go do. That's amazing. That's, that's so wonderful that, you know, you heard that call and, and you decided to take action. Your family decided to take action. So what was, what was your first step when you, when you, you know, had that moment where you thought, okay, this is, this is what our family is called to do. What did, what did you do next? Um, honestly, I looked for every way to not, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, we went and did, um, kind of sat down with um, Buckner representatives and kind of just had a one-on-one informational. What what would this be like? What would this look like? Um, you know, and, and really, quite honestly, I was looking for every out still at that point. Um, but, you know, we, we just took one step at a time, uh, or at least I did. Um, I guess I, I shouldn't speak for Bonnie, but, I, you know, taking one step at a time through informationals, um, going through the first training events, um, that just, you know, you're required to do through their training and, uh, to, to get licensed, but, you know, just one step at a time, I guess would be the way that I would uh, characterize it. That's great. 
So um, I spoke with um, some of the team in Midland and they've said that um, your family is now just all in for foster care and that we are and that you guys just do an incredible job just um, kind of spreading awareness in the community um, and sharing about the great need um, for wonderful foster families and um, so I wanted to ask you if you could tell me a little bit about that and a little bit about how you guys um, spread the word yeah I think if we were to even back up um, when we started foster care, the the intent was really to grow our family. Um, we had two boys of our own. We wanted, you know, three or four kids. Uh, and so, you know, we looked at it as an opportunity to, well, if we take babies, then we can, you know, potentially adopt them and they fit into kind of the pecking order of where our family was. Um, and so that was the initial intent. Um, our first placement when we got her um, she was six months old, um, and, and it was kind of the, the perfect situation for us to uh, adopt her. Um, at least this was in our heads what was going on is, well, we can adopt her and, and, you know, either continue fostering babies or be done with our families, and we would be, you know, uh, content with kind of having two boys and a girl. Um, and, and what God un, unraveled over the next six months, I think, kind of rocked our world. Um, we got into a situation where, you know, the reason the girl was in foster care um, to begin with really started to um, be revealed to us. Um, and it was heartbreaking when you sit across the table from a mom who um, has struggled with substance abuse issues, um, but is absolutely heartbroken that she doesn't have her child and wants to get her child back. I think it hit us in that moment that, you know, for us to grow our family comes at a really great expense. Mm -hmm. um, and it comes at the expense of a mom losing her child, her only child. Um, and so, you know, for us, I think God walked us through that specific situation to show us like, man, you can hope for adoption. Um, but just realize that there is there's a great cost to that, um, and and although it, it may be for the betterment of a child, um, in some ways there is there's still damage, um, and you know the Bible calls us to be ministers of reconciliation. You know to, to fully do that 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 doesn't mean for a child only. Um, it it also incorporates families too, uh, and and biological moms and dads that are. Um, are in a are in a cycle of of issues, whatever those may be, and their kids have landed up in foster care, and so uh, it it opened our eyes to realize like we're here to um, love a child, but at the same time we're here to uh, to love parents as well, um, and so that that was kind of the first learning point that that God walked us through. Um, meanwhile, to all that we you know when we realized. You know, the first placement wasn't going to be, you know, to land an adoption. We we opened up for a second placement and took in a newborn. Picked her up from the hospital, brought her home, um, and thought when she was nine, ten months old, the plan was still to move towards uh, what the state refers to as termination. Um, and so they were getting ready to terminate the parents' rights. Um, and at about month ten, 
um, this is like two or three months before we go to final hearing, they changed the status um, and and changed back to family reunification and planned to place the girl back with her parents. And um, it rocked us. Um, But what happened um, through that whole situation is, you know, we had CPS workers sitting at our table with us um, being the bearer of bad news and had to deliver bad news to people that are safe, that aren't going to harm her. Um, and so it, it, it hit me in that moment, you know, this CPS worker who's 25 years old, you know, young, doesn't um, have necessarily a ton of life experience, has to walk in um, people's homes that are, you know, not stable, substance abuse issues, have been abused or neglected themselves, and has to deliver bad news. And so. Um, we're the easy conversation um, that she has to even give us bad news. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of launched Bonnie and I into this mentality that, okay, God called us to, to love a child. That's great. But he also calls us to love parents. Um, and he also calls us to love CPS workers and, uh, you know, child placement agency workers as well. And so there's nobody in the system that is, you know, ought not be, our responsibility to love and to love well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God places interactions uh, through, you know, children being removed and um, had, he, he forces interactions between us and people we typically wouldn't interact with. And so mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to love well. Um, and so I think it, what it's, it's launched for Bonnie and I is we, we need to advocate for more foster homes. Yes, but while we're doing that, like, you know, take care of CPS workers mm-hmm. as well. Um, they, they have an extremely tough job and are protecting children. Um, and, you know, it, it really, nobody in the system um, ought not be somebody that we try and love and love well. Right. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so how are you, how are you doing that? Yeah, so so Bonnie does it better than I do. Um, it, you know, she she is all about taking care packages to uh, CPS office, to Buckner's office, um, and, and just trying to, in a one-on-one fashion, make sure that those um, individuals know that they're loved. Um, recently, uh, we've started organizing CPS appreciation lunches. And so, um, you know, we live in West Texas. Um, you may not know much about West Texas culture, but uh, it's, it's oil field culture. Um, oil is, is the predominant industry out here, but people, people love cooking for one another. Um, every company in town has a trailer mounted cooker. And so they, they love driving places, cooking for, you know, large groups of people. And so, Um, I'm working with a number of companies in town to once a month um, in or once a month go to a CPS office either in Odessa or Midland and uh, cook a meal for CPS workers Um, at the office we go to them uh, we bring you know people from that company into the CPS office just to visit with CPS workers hear their story and kind of um, increase you know, the community's exposure to what CPS does. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, because I know, you know, CPS workers, 
they just they get a bad rap a lot of the time um just because Absolutely. of all of the children that they that they're responsible for what's been what's been shocking too is yeah yeah they do um generally kind of have a bad rap but when you talk to um people in the community business people in the community um a lot of people just in a one-on-one fashion hold cps in high regard understand kind of the severity of what they do day to day mm-hmm. and want to help um but just didn't have an avenue to do that specifically right. and so when i when i've approached companies i nobody has told me no we don't want to cook for cps hmm. uh, m- most people come back and say thank you thank you for organizing this and inviting us to be a part of um, you know how we can take care of our community in a in a very direct and specific fashion. That's wonderful. And so for me, it's you know it it seems daunting to try and organize and try and get companies to do this, but um, when you have companies coming back saying thank you, it, it's it's encouraging, um, and I think just solidifies the fact that um, you know it's it's you know. While I don't feel equipped to do it, it's a good thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it, and it's so wonderful because those you know those CPS workers they work so hard and um, they have such long schedules and they see so much brokenness and just to be told thank you um, can make all of the difference um, for them. Sure. And I know that it also just helps people in the community to see the need um, even more. So I I think that's so wonderful that you know something that sounds as simple as let's cook them lunch has become just this wonderful way to say thank you and to spread awareness. Sure. Um, okay, Tyler, so um, back to your family. Can you tell me just what has been the best moment on your foster care journey so far? The, the best moment? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the neat things that's happened with us, um, and, and I I, I gather it's kind of rare is our very first placement um, ended up going back home to live with mom. Um, mom continued to have issues and she ended up moving in with her dad. Mm-hmm. Her dad's a wonderful man. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, the mom didn't name him when she was originally getting dropped into foster care. And so um, she now lives with dad, great situation. Uh, but one of the cool things that's happened is we've we've continued to stay in touch with them. Um, and so, you know, she left our house when she was a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sneaking up on three years old now. Wow. Um, and so walking, talking, uh, we, we try and get uh, dinner with them uh, about once a month, once every other month, just to catch up. Um, and so we've we've made a great friend in, in her dad. Um, and so it's been, it's been neat just to see her progression, um, and and what, what God could really work out of what seems like a desperate situation for a girl to end up in foster care Mm -hmm. has landed her in a really good spot and she's doing really well. That's so wonderful. And I'm sure it's, it's so, um, just special to be able to continue that, that relationship with her and with her family. Right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time to share your foster care story with us today. And thanks to you for tuning in. Remember, if you'd like to learn more about foster care and adoption, or if you'd like to learn more about fostering or adopting through Buckner, please visit us at buckner.org slash foster care to request more information.